0: Good evening, wherever, Rabbi Shai. <coughs> Here, continuing the Akdama Be'ez of Chavis Havavois. And it's quite a long Akdama. He has, uh, this, this Akdama is uh, not exactly as long, but almost as long as one of the other Sharon. And this is not just a simple introduction of why I wrote the Sefer, but there's a lot of Yesodis, a lot of concepts. Fundamental ideas that are brought here in the Agdame itself. So here he's explaining that he saw not only from Seichel, but even from the Torah itself, Torah Shabbat, that is, that tells us clearly that there is an obligation of serving Hashem and doing mitzvahs just with the Lave itself, things that pertain to the lave regardless of if there's any action involved. The one. And then we brought in the side of the laven, in the loisah says that there are certain things that we're not allowed to do, certain thoughts, feelings that we're not allowed to have. And that's based entirely on the way we feel and the way we think. Nothing to do with an action. We're not stealing. We're not eating our kosher. None of the, the, uh, we're not talking about things that pertain to an action. And yet the Torah still says this is forbidden. So the Chavazavavah says we must conclude from there that there's obviously independent obligations on one's heart irrespective of the guf. One of those examples he gives is from the Aseris Hadibris. So the Eben Ezra, really it's in Parsha's history of Ezra. But Eben Ezra is one of the earliest Rishadim that comment on the Torah The Ramban very often brings, Rabbi Avraham says so and so. So the Ramban learned all through Rashi's parish, learned through the Eben Ezra's parish. And Rabbi Avraham Ibn Ezra has quite a fascinating uh, peerish on Chumash. Uh, I would say not commonly learned as much as uh, certainly Rashi, but not even as the Ramban, another Rishonim. Some of it is written uh, in a more difficult style or language. But he writes about Laisakma and he says, One second? how could the Torah demand of a person of what he should think or what he shouldn't think? Really, this question could be asked on, how could you tell a person you must love Hashem? I mean, either he loves Hashem or he doesn't love Hashem. So there's answers for that. How do you say, how do you command a person, you must fear Hashem? I mean, either I'm afraid or I'm not afraid. How could you say, you must be afraid? I mean, I could say from today till tomorrow, okay, I'm afraid. If I'm not really afraid in my heart, I'm not fulfilling the mitzvah. So what is that supposed to mean? So there the answer is to love Hashem, to fear Hashem means one must take the necessary steps to get to the point to love Hashem or to fear Hashem. But in terms of loisachmah, do not covet another person's possessions, The says a remarkable idea. He says that really the loisase, the, that mitzvah is rooted in on emuna, It's rooted in our Emun and Hashem. How so? So he gives the example that if you would ask a simple peasant from the village far away from the main city, certainly very far away from the capital city where the palace is, where the king lives with his family and the princess Who's of eligible age? When you would ask this little villager, he says, "Hey, you ever, you ever have a desire to marry the king's daughter, to marry the princess?" He says, "What are you talking about? It it never entered my mind. It will never enter my mind in a thousand years." Why? It's not that shy to him. A princess marries someone of royalty. Marries a prince. It's not it's not shy that, that such thing would occur, would happen. And so much so that it's beyond the scope of reality that the person doesn't even dream about it. He doesn't even desire it. You know, there are some people who desire they're going to win a billion dollar lottery. Because some remote possibility that they could... It is possible. But for the villager to marry the princess is such an impossibility, he doesn't even, he's not jealous of the person who marries the princess. He doesn't even desire such a thing. Why? Because he knows it's not in his position in life where he's stationed, the way he was created, the way the princess was created. It's not a reality. It's not a possibility. Says the Ezra, that if a person would have a munna, that in his position and station in life, it's just as impossible for him to get what his friend is having. And he's not supposed to have that. His friend is supposed to have that. Just as much as a remote possibility as the villager and the princess. Now, once a person has a Muna, that everything that is supposed to come to me will come to me. Man, if my friend gets means it's not supposed to be mine. It's not supposed to come to me. Now, it could be if it's something that I also can get. So, I could dream about it. I can hope that one day I'll get it. But to say like, oh, that person got it, where's there to be jealous? Where's there to desire what he has? What he has is something that has no connection to me whatsoever. It's as far as the possibility of the peasant marrying the princess. So that, if we understand that reality, then the terrorists could indeed say, don't covet your friend's possessions. Because you have to understand that you are like that villager, and marrying the princess. Or you're like the princess, marrying the peasant. So, that's how he explains this mitzvah. Remarkable. And that's also, <speaking in Hebrew> we continue along now, then we also, meaning, at the end of the Torah, the Torah, Torah sort of summarized everything, in a sense, all the aveda that we have, the Torah sort of hinges it on two approaches, two ways we fulfill the entire Torah. El Alev, So sort of in the, and then the the Torah which is them, the Torah summarized for us, A'sher This mitzvah, that I'm commanding you today, which really means, the way Chavaz is explaining it, it's the entirety of mitzvahs that are being given by Moshe Rabbeinu in the Torah. Hashem is giving you through Moshe in the Torah. The, a mitzvah, is this entirety of mitzvah that I'm giving you today, it is not hidden from you. And it's not distant from you. It's not in the heavens that you'll say, Who's going to go up to the heavens to retrieve it? And then they're going to explain it to us and we'll do it. It's not overseas lamer. Who's going to traverse the great oceans? And bring it to us? Then we'll be able to hear it, understand it and do it. hadovor the matter of fulfilling a mitzvah is Koroiv me'oid. It is very close to you. Ki korov It is very close to you. Adover me'oid. Be'ficha u'velvavcha In your mouth, in your heart, to do. Fascinating. Now the Rashi and the Ramban, Rashi learns going on Torah, the Ramban learns it's going on the midst of chuva, But here, very interestingly, is learning that it's going on all of the mitzvahs. What do you have to do? So, different ways of understanding this exactly here, but Beficha, you learn the Torah with your mouth. B'l'vavcha, you have the right mindset to fulfill a mitzvah, and then last, say, to do the mitzvah. So you see, you see the Torah itself. He says, the Torah itself, you see, sums it up by saying that there's a requirement not only to do, but to have your heart with you, your mind with you, when you do mitzvahs. You can't get clearer than that. You can't get more explicit than that, says the Chavis of that indeed there's an obligation upon everybody's heart and mind and thought process of mitzvahs. I don't have to bring all the places where it talks about Hashem wants your heart in the Psukim, because they are quite numerous. Just like I demonstrated and it became clear to me that there's an obligation to serve Hashem with one's feelings and heart and mind a thought, and that's explicit in the Torah. Just like I already proved that it's also minaseichel. So he passed the rabbi senu. Now I started looking around to the words of the chachamim. Let me see if Chazal spoke about it. I found it more. Open and explicit in their words, more than even the Torah itself writes, in their great wisdom write about it. It's in a sort of in a, in a general way, like the following statement. What does Hashem want? Hashem wants your lay. Hashem wants the labor of the person. Hashem just doesn't want us to put on tefillin robotically in the morning. Hashem wants us to think about what we're doing. Hashem doesn't want us to eat a festive meal on Shabbos and Yom Diff. Hashem wants us to think what we're doing, that we're doing a mitzvah. Rachmana liba boy, The Torah wants, the Hashem wants our heart. He wants our mind. That's on the side of mitzvah sasei. I'm on the side of mitzvah sasei v'omru. The Yushami says, liba ve'ena, the heart and the eyes, they are two agents of committing chet, sin. You see again that the terrorist says, What do I want you to give me? I want you to give me your heart. It's a in Mishle. I believe the Ushami actually quotes that posse. Give me, my son, your heart. That's what I want. Your heart is going to make you do a lot of averis. Hashem says, your heart has to be dedicated to me. But it's not just, well, whatever I have to not do or do, that's what it's incumbent upon a person to do. What I think, what I feel, that's in my own jurisdiction. Says the Torah not like that. Says the Chazan not like that. Rachman Ali This Hashem wants your heart also. And here, there are two agents of sin. One the heart, one the eyes. Hashem says, I want that heart. Stay with me. And we find more detail than Mesechdis Avais. We find general ideas, now we find more detail than Everybody knows you learn Mesechdis Avais, you learn Avais. It's full of things that have to do with our feelings, our approach, not with actions, not with mitzvahs but with midais, with mindsets, with attitude, all in the arena of the heart. We see that have to do with our character, how we behave, which was a tradition that the Tanoim in the Seftus of us had. Like an example he gives, like the Gemara says, they asked the Tanoim, they said, why did you live so long? They saw someone who had been blessed with longevity, said what do you attribute long life to? And many of the answers were things that had to do with the heart. Many of things had to do with midrash. They weren't because I, uh, uh, I did this mitzvah so many times. Many of them had to do with things pertaining to the heart. Now we give one more oh, okay. One more example. You know this example wait because this example gives gives us a uh uh goes on a little bit so we'll all do it. but this is again here we see not only from the terrorist but we now see from Baal pe. clearly in the Gemara, in the Mishnah in the conversations between the Tanoim, that clearly there is an obligation of even the things that we think the how we feel about things, and that's why the terrorist sums it off fi so you say can't get more explicit than that so. As some of us going sort of in a long-winded way, that indeed there is an obligation to serve our Shem not only with action, but with our lay, with our thought as well. I good